0: Are the midterm issues candidates are focusing on really the things that are important to you? What's important to me? I'm Monica Perez, and this is today's Deep Dive. I wanted to let you all know that I am working on the November newsletter this weekend, and I love to include community contributions. So if you've done that before, or you know what I'm talking about, if you're a fan of the newsletter, please email me at Show at gmail.com. Any pictures of anything you've grown, anything cool, your kids in a homemade Halloween costume or even not a homemade Halloween costume. And if you want to get an idea of what people have contributed to the newsletter before, go to monicasdeepdives.com. Go to the Read tab, and it's a drop-down, and it'll show you the newsletter. And then you can sample those. There are book reviews in there, or at least book recommendations in there, cocktail selections. They're kind of, I think they're cute. Some people really look forward to them. But I would like your contributions. And uh, another thing is, I would just want to get ahead of it so people know, although my landlord did grant me a reprieve, mysteriously, not permanent, but long enough to get my act together and get me through the school year with my last high schooler, but I am going to spend a couple of weeks traveling in November to visit my daughter and also spend some time with my mom. I am stockpiling stuff to put in the feeds, but I think most of the stuff I'm going to put, buddy dives, personal stuff like Fat Mitch, I'm going to put them in the deep dives with Monica Perez feed. I like to put some of that stuff commercial free. I promised Binkley I wouldn't post in the propaganda report feed other than Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings. And sometimes I have a little more than that. So there do occasionally pop up some bonus shows and deep dives. But while I'm gone, I will be sure to put uh, a lot of stuff in there. So if you're missing me and you want to hear some of that bonus content, please subscribe to Deep Dives with Monica Perez. And you'll see my sky blue icon pop up every time there's something for you there. And it's always commercial free. At least I can say till the end of this year, everything I post before December 31st of this year in the deep dives with Monica Perez feed would be commercial free. Anyway, I hope you are preparing for a really fun Halloween. And uh, my guess is that not one person who listens to my show is hanging on the edge of their seat for the midterm elections. But It is happening, and people do care about the issues, not necessarily about the races, although some of the races are giving people hope. Uh, And I saw a headline in the Wall Street Journal today that said, key Democrats urge focus on economy. Some say the party has ceded ground to the GOP on issue of top concern to electorate. Now, it seems to me that issue is always of top concern to the electorate, and I assume it's because Money gives us security and comfort. That's what I think. And even in an uncertain world or a scary, uh, with a scary cyber future, I think if you have some serious bread, you're probably going to be better off than if you didn't. (laughs) So it gives us security and it gives us like real physical comfort and also mental comfort. You feel like you can secure the future for your kids. These are some ways that I look at it. But to connect that these issues with the elections, that's a little bit of a leap for me. And I think a lot of the people who listen. Now, I know elections have consequences. <laughs> yes, they do. And elections are consequences. But why do I not care very much about the elections? And why do a lot of people I talk to in our circles not really care that much? Because I think, you know, we wonder, we spent a lot of time talking about the November 2020 election, which they have flipped the tables in Georgia and they're going after people who questioned the election. I mean, this is clown world. That is scary. So the question is, do your votes really count? Are you really going to get the person who was elected? I have no faith in that whatsoever. Uh, I don't even, by the time it gets to the election in november i feel like it's already been rigged even to the extent that third party candidates are spoilers sometimes i think that's on purpose you know i mean i am pretty cynical when it comes to the elections themselves but i would even peel that back a layer and say okay what if my guy gets in will he act independently with integrity and be successful i mean Is it possible for him to just, or her, to do what he or she thinks is best, to actually function without answering to other people, and to succeed? And I would say that the cards are really stacked against that. And you can just look at these associations of governors, which is like national, which I don't like. I don't want my governor being part of that. But it's worse the way they're kind of trying to get rid of states and nation states and have a world government that's directly connected to the mayors. There are international mayors' conferences that our mayors go to. There are international police organizations. That's what I didn't like about Sheriff Israel after the Parkland thing, and that I did a WSB show that got a strike on YouTube for calling him out for that. That's the stuff that I don't like, and I just cannot see how— people you wouldn't expect belong to these organizations and that those organizations don't have influence. I mean, I've talked about, I've mentioned this many times, that North American Union document from the CFR talks about the organizations that are there to get our legislators on board with an international agenda. So could they do it if they wanted to? I think it would be a little tricky (laughs) or impossible. I mean, Ron Paul stood alone, and I think the greatest things you know, maybe he accomplished a few things. I remember that with the great Catherine Bernard, um, I happened to fill in for Eric Erickson one night, and Catherine Bernard was trying to stop those no-knock raids in Georgia, and it worked. I really attribute that to her efforts and the fact that we had that moment where we had some publicity because it was prime time. But Ron Paul raised awareness to this stuff, and I and I think he did start a groundswell, which they had to put down. And they did. Uh, So there is that, and I do always vote for Ron Paul for as long as he's alive and I can write something in. I will vote for Ron Paul. But I also vote vote because of some of the local stuff is important. I don't know how effective it is, though, because when I first moved out here, this local community did not want 5G towers like on the schools. And Trump's FCC put what they called a shot clock. They're like, you have to approve this in 90 days or else. And and it was like, or else we'll do it anyway. I mean, it was really nuts. I don't even think they were like cutting off funding or anything. They just were strong arming this local government. And it made me sad. You know, I was like, all right, when they'll try to convince you. But if they, if they can't convince you, you pull back, like Zappa said, you pull back the curtain and you see the brick wall. Uh, but here, I do think there are some referenda that that do go in the way that aren't always rigged. Then they'll, it'll just be made a different kind of rule, like I've seen that. But when it's a referenda, sometimes it gets through where it's, you get the right answer. So one of the things on the ballot this year is Prop 1, which I think is basically infanticide. It's like such late-term abortion. Uh, so I'll vote uh, for that, <laughs> I mean, against, you know, Prop 1. In California. Uh, And, you know, I do actually, I mean, I don't vote Republican. I really can't, I've never, I voted Republican once, just once. And it was kind of as a joke. It's a long story I won't get into. But uh, I've never voted Democrat. I just, it's hard for me to vote, like, for the lesser of two evils. I just, it's impossible. However, both the Democrats and the Republicans are welfare warfare super state parties. You know, they are both for the same things. And you know, because when the Republicans have the power to stop some of the stuff they say they want to stop, they don't stop it. So we know it's all theater, but the Democrats are open about it. They are all often spearheading these wars. This is Biden's war in Ukraine. And, you know, Obama dropped all those bombs on Syria. And yeah, I mean, they both do the wars, but the Democrats are pretty open about their social agenda, the welfare and all of that. And the Republicans kind of have to lie about the fact that they are on our side in some of these issues. And I prefer the Republicans lies to the Democrats' truths, mostly because I think it slows down the march of these things. It indicates that people aren't going to go as fast as the Democrats would take us to the road down the road to perdition. And I also feel like kicking the can of tyranny may be, the only hope that humanity has ever had against the march of totalitarianism or whatever, like since the beginning of time, if you read against the grain or the beginning of government, it was about taxes and slavery and control and um, the self-aggrandizement of the people at the top. And I think we just have to keep trying to get out from under the yoke of that in a way that's realistic. So I'd rather just get the guys in who say stuff that I want to hear, even if they can't do anything about it. But I wanted to talk about what issues there are uh, that are being talked about publicly, what people are saying. I got an email today from somebody who did all this research on like how different the millennials feel about things like education, critical race theory, um, the uh, gender affirmation uh, euphemism, for the transgender stuff, for kids. They apparently have, now that they're having kids, they have very different opinions from what they would espouse publicly. So I looked up some polls of just what was people were admitting to, and then I also tweeted to see what people who I communicate with care about. And then I just reflected, before I did that actually, so that I wouldn't be tainted, I reflected on what was important to me. So let's just go through that. We'll go through the, the poll first. I picked this poll because it it didn't actually have details about how they conducted the poll as a Gallup poll, but they said it was open-ended and I thought that was good because you weren't telling people like these are the issues to choose from. You just asked them they asked them <laughs> asked them, what do you think is the most important problem facing the country today? Uh, I guess that's even kind of a leading question. What's the problem? What problem is there? But the way it was answered, 38% said economic problems generally. And within that category, and then 66% said, I guess there's like they round up or because of like rounding errors, it's a little bit of sounds like double counting, but 66% said there were non-economic problems. So you had to only answer one. So it should total up to 100%. So 38% said, or more than a third of the people think that economic, economic problems are critical, the most important problem. And two thirds thought non economic problems. But within the economic category, 17%, but percentage points. So 17% of the people polled think that the high cost of living and inflation is the most important issue. And then 12% just said the economy in general. And nothing else got more than 3% other than that. But 3% of the people thought that fuel and oil prices were the most important issue. So it just completely falls off after that. Now, of those, so that's 17% for high cost of living inflation, 12% for economy in general. 22% of the people said the government slash poor leadership was the problem. So, like, get your mind around that. They're being asked what's the Greatest problem facing the country today. And they're asking this question in anticipation of the midterms. And the problem that was cited by most people, by more people than any other single problem, was poor leadership. So you're walking into this situation where you're asking people to help you solve your problems, and those people are your problem. I mean, I know you could think of it. Uh, you don't have to think of it in that way. But just it's funny to me that that's that's your problem. <laughs> you know, I'm going to vote for you to just combust. <laughs> Spontaneous combustion is the most I can hope for from all of these people. Uh, but I will say uh, my trusted producer, Bobby, did I asked him what he thought were the biggest problems issues. And he kind of nailed it, like just off the top of his head before I even saw this. He said inflation and energy prices. He said Ukraine and Russia, which like is nowhere on this. But other than that, he got economy recession. But he said that the competence of the people from uh, Federer, I guess his name is, is that the guy who just crapped the bed in the debate against Oz And then, because he had a stroke, and I would like to say, like, why isn't anybody talking about why this guy had a stroke? I mean, he's pretty young. Anyway, um, speaking of which, Ash Carter died of a sudden cardiac event, and he was relatively young, too. No sympathy for that guy. (laughs) I used to say the farce is strong with that one. (laughs) Uh, He was, I think, Secretary of Defense. And then... I guess like Biden's competent uh, cognitive issues seem to be, I guess, top of mind for people. But they elected him long after that was like whirling around in the in the common ether. So anyway, I think that does speak to some of that stuff. And then the only other things that were more than were were even 5% or more were race relations and racism and immigration. Whereas if you go back to 2020, the three big issues were the economy, because it's always the biggest issue. And by coincidence, they people think Republicans or as it happens, people think Republicans handle the economy better. Yet I feel like the Democrats are in charge as much or more. So that's kind of weird because that's always like the number one issue. And then the other issues at the time, the two big issues that were cited, now it's, you know, not apples to apples because they're different polling and you don't know the questions. So it's really impossible to fairly compare the stuff. But then the three big, big issues were the economy, COVID, and race relations. Because of the George Floyd stuff, it was because it was being pushed nonstop by the media really, And, I mean, the activists can only do it if the media is there pushing it. They put that on the agenda. But folding into that, that it felt very scary, especially in L.A. It actually felt scary. Like, there was some weird, you know, bringing it to, like, the nicer, quieter neighborhoods. I'm not used to being in a place that's on the map. I never lived in the middle of the city for, you know, I just, I'm used to just being in like a little anonymous suburb. So it was a little weird for me to hear protests like on my street. (laughs) Ah, Those are good times. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, So that's where we're at right now. People are caring about the high cost of living and inflation, the economy in general. That makes up a third of the people and of the other two thirds, um, a third of them feel like it's the government is the problem. And then the rest is just, it's weird. There's like one in 2% to a whole cascade of other issues. I'm going to rattle a few off that I haven't mentioned yet, um, but these are just things. Let's just do things that have two or 1%. Uh, unemployment, nobody cares about that right now. Uh, the gap between rich and poor, nobody cares about taxes. 1% of the people care about taxes. Are you guys crazy? Like, taxes are going to cripple us because, and only 1% of the people care about the federal debt and the budget deficit. I mean, I don't think you should worry as much about immigration because I feel like that's going to top out. Like that push for more immigration is going to top out just like the population thing is going to top out because I think they've accomplished their mission and they're going to start closing down the kind of rapid transit around the world And those immigrants are the people who are coming in and indenturing their children into slavery based on money they did not spend. I mean, we have over $30 trillion in federal debt. I mean, people who are having kids are the ones who are going to pay for that. Uh, Guns and gun control, 1%. Whereas another poll I read that did kind of give you a multiple choice, it had 8% saying gun control was an issue. So they have to give you a limited number of choices. And that really influences how the answers come out. And there was another one, uh, abortion, was a big one that, now this was, so this was in, this thing was in September, and the abortion issue was 4% for people who, it was the most important issue for 4% of the people who were not led And it was 7% for people who were led. But that's not too too different. Poverty, 4%. That is going to become a bigger issue. Guaranteed crime and violence, 4%. That's going to become a bigger issue. Environment pollution and climate change, 3%. The same as lack of respect for each other. Uh, Ethics, moral, religious, family decline, 3%. So this was kind of an interesting poll. There's just so, so, it's situation with Russia, 1%. This is in September, 2022. Nobody thinks that those are the most important issue. It's not to say that they don't think it's important, but they don't think it's the most important issue. So if you're interested in that, I'll put it in the show notes, which you can find at Monica, Monica's deep dives.com. But yeah, I feel like the Roe versus Wade thing, gun control, January 6th, like I definitely, I, I couldn't even identify the category that that would have been in. Maybe I can find it now. I think I guess it would be called democracy. Are they calling that democracy? Even education is like only 1%. Yeah, no, I'm not seeing it. Anyway, so nobody cares about the stuff that these guys have been putting on the front pages. So unlike the George Floyd stuff and the race relations that were really real to us because they were in our backyard, literally, in some cases, they can't make the abortion on the January 6th thing and, I mean, I guess they could make the gun control real, but it's just its not going to arise in every city simultaneously. So, that's just an interesting observation on how that propaganda of the deed is the thing that really gets to people, especially if it's threatening Whereas just propaganda of the word isn't as powerful. That's my takeaway. Freaking Biden, there were articles in the journal today and another, I was listening to the news. He's like complaining about ticketing fees and overdraft fees. He's like, that's the reason we have inflation. It's like, that's not why we have inflation. <laughs> and banning those things will just make those companies. Folded it into the price of their other products. Like, it just doesn't work that way. It's so bizarre. Uh, actually, the reason we have inflation is that dumb, whatever they used to call it, modern monetary theory? Is that what it was called? You don't hear a lot about that now, that stimmy checks have led to massive inflation. I mean, dang. Ah. Uh, another thing that I thought, oh yeah, he's he's in New York campaigning because he Pass a federal law subsidizing chip manufacturing. And the media is just like, oh, isn't that great? Because we had that supply chain thing and it goes in your phone. I'm like, that whole thing is so much deeper than anyone will talk about. And I didn't find computer chips or even the supply chain anywhere near the most important issue to anyone. Uh, and another thing that I thought was funny in the journal today was their article about Chinese trolls pushing disinformation and discord during this midterm season, using Russian tactics. I mean, give me a break. Okay. But I'm much more interested in what you think. And I hope you're more interested in what I think than in what these pollsters say and the media is saying, or even what Biden is up to. So I'll tell you what my tweet was. I said, what are the biggest issues for you and for most voters? what are the most important races? Do you think the House will flip, the Senate? What governors do you care about? So I guess the current thinking is that the House will flip and the Senate might flip, but maybe the Senate's in a dead heat. I guess they probably both flip. (laughs) I don't know if I had to guess. and I guess wrong most of the time when it comes to this specific stuff Uh, because I don't know how they're manipulating us. That's the thing. I just, I'm not uh, manipulative enough to really understand it. Okay. What do you think about third-party candidates influencing outcomes? Those were my questions to, that That was my poll, my open-ended poll to y'all. So here's a sampling of my answers. Waking the Sheep said, uh, biggest issues, taxes and high costs like energy, mainly due to government intervention. I can handle most of the other nonsense as long as I get to keep most of my money. Uh, What are the most important races? I don't think any of it really matters. So I don't know. (laughs) And I said, What do you think about third party candidates influencing outcomes? He said, If there's someone who deserves a vote, tell me. I'll vote for them. So this is, I just talked to Buck Johnson of Counterflow, and he's running in Lockhart for city council. So if you live in Lockhart, Texas, which is the Pretty unlikely because it's got a very low population. You can hear the conversation I had with him. It's on my YouTube channel, Monica Perez Show. But also, I'll put it in the audio feed on Monday. But he is running, so what the heck. Might as well, if you're there, vote for him. Uh, Travis, our friend from Missoula, says his issues are local. The sheriff's office and a mill levy added to a big property tax increase. Yes, taxes. I do care about taxes. All right, so this is a crazy one. I got this answer from Sean. Listen to this answer. Try to anticipate what I'm going to say of why this was crazy. So what are the biggest issues? He says, our dreams don't fit in ballot boxes. and the state, and the Fed. All right, what are the most important races? I care about zero politicians. Rand Paul and Massey are cool, though. Okay, what do you think about third-party candidates influencing outcomes? third-party candidates don't influence shit. It's all rigged, and the outcome will be whatever the quote masterminds pulling the strings want. All Right? I agree with that. (laughs) I mean, I'm certainly open to that. I I definitely thought that um, completely. I guess I still think that. All this nonsense around 2020 has my head spinning. So I could not like retweet or reply to Sean's tweet because there was a flag, a warning from Twitter that said that it was misleading and it had a link and it says, learn why election experts say elections in the U.S. are safe and secure. So they read his quote, AI, whatever, read his, his tweet, did not like it and redirected us to propaganda. So I'm not saying this is something you've never seen before, but I thought that was a totally reasonable, non-offensive tweet. And it flagged it. Flagged it and neutralized it so it could not be retweeted. It probably isn't designed for Sean, but for people who get hundreds of thousands of tweets. Not saying Sean isn't going to get hundreds of thousands of tweets, (laughs) retweets, but some people do. All right. um, Nagelbet says, most important issue, the economy. Um, most important races: Oregon. The governor governor might flip right for the first time in forty years, and the Democrats have been doing a terrible job the last decade. Goes on to say, "I'm a Mises libertarian, so I'm good with third parties interfering with the elections." Yeah, they're they're disruptive. Okay, E. Dub says the issues are a joke, the races are a joke. Um, And as far as third parties, they will lose, but people hear their message. Even if Republicans were to win, they are still the enemy and will bring us downfall. And this one I don't really 100% understand. Or the Democrats propped them so they'd win and we'd totally crash under them. Yes, yes, I understand. That's what Dean said when Trump got elected. He's like, oh, he'll just, the economy will be destroyed or whatever, and he will take the fall. But E-Dub does apologize that it was a black pill day. So maybe under normal circumstances, we would have gotten a a less black pilled answer. But knowing E-Dub, I doubt it. Okay, T.T. says, the most important issues, ending regime change and the drug wars, economy and inflation, though, for most everybody else. The governors and the Senate, most important to him or her, don't want to misgender T.T., And Mark Victor has Republicans scrambling in Arizona. He's got libertarians infighting. It's great. He did good in the debate and went up in polls afterwards. Get him on the show. Sure. Figure it out, TT. I'll do it. Okay, Hedgehog, who is hilarious. I just have to tell you. Nothing. And it's at Texit. Let me see. All right, I'm going to click through. I'm going to click through so that you get... Twitter.com slash Texit Hedgehog. T-E-X-I-T-H-E-D-G-E-H-O-G. Very, very enjoyable. All right, so let's see. What does Hedgehog have to say? What are the biggest issues? And Hedgehog says, Why does the United States still, still exist? And how much longer must we be tortured by its poisonous existence? It's not very constructive. Although Texit that's a, that's an idea. And I'm not a Texas fan. I'm a Texas should split into five or six states like they, I believe, are permitted to do and totally disrupt the entire nation. That's what I want. Uh, okay. This is complicated. What are the most important races? Will the House flip? Will the Senate flip? What governors do you care about? Edgehog says none. no races are important. The House will probably flip because we need distractions for the rubes. Uh, Maybe the Senate, too. (laughs) Same answer. And then some of these things are so hard to get through. Oh, uh, also, don't care about the governors. The way he wrote it was very clever, but impossible to read. So I'm helping you. (laughs) Uh, What about the third party disrupting? He says, doesn't matter. The whole thing is fake. Hashtag Texit and hashtag Buck. Rebel Buck Johnson of Counterflow. So maybe he's gonna vote for him. maybe he's in Lockhart. Okay. Tease. You remember Tees? T Snyder. He says, Oh my gosh, this is like a poem. <laughs> okay. Fractal toll upon us all. Ring, ring, ring that bell. Each contender representing the forces of hell. Next in line to KO all our time spiraling the drain that keeps us out of our minds evermore until we consent no more. You might have to listen to that twice. And Catawampus, this was a great one for me. You have to look at this one. I put it in the show notes. Idaho's governor's race is something to keep an eye on. And it's Eamon Bundy. And a listener in Atlanta did say those guys were for reals. It was impossible for me to believe that just the way it played out so strangely back in the day. But this commercial for Idaho governor, he says, some people, I don't have the quote, I'm just going to do it from memory. Some people say that the liberals are going to move out of Idaho if I become elected. And he said, I will, we will help pay them. We will contribute to them moving because it'll be a lot cheaper than them staying. But if they want to stay, they're just going to have to Work Like the rest of us, because we're dismantling the welfare state and eliminating all taxes, basically, which is would be fantastic, and I'm sure everything would be fine. But it's a great commercial. you got to watch it, and it would be great if you won. I think so. But I think I really saved the best for last, because I can't believe that we weren't thinking about this. It wasn't top of mind for me uh, or anybody else, and it really should be. This is Andy, says... The most important issue, lab-created virus and all the destruction that was forced upon society that came with it is my number one issue still. No candidate I could vote for seems to care about this issue. It's said there will be zero accountability. I am with you there. All right. So for me, though, I couldn't answer the question in that way. I was trying to answer my own tweet. I thought it would be important for me to bring that. And I just sat there, and I thought about what was important to me, and this is what I came up with. And it's just not in a, in a multiple-choice thing, but I have like five issues. I want my kids to be able to grow up and make a good living with integrity. I want the basic foundational principles of this country and my religion to endure not saying as one, but I want the American experiment, which I am basically supportive of, and my religion's historical tenets, which I'm also supportive of, to endure. Surveillance and censorship are a problem for these things to endure, along with some other issues. So surveillance and censorship are an issue, but it's it wouldn't matter if it didn't impact the other things. Okay. Uh I do care about maintaining my standard of living. I mean it would be nice for it to improve also, but I fear deindustrialization through climate change regulations and currency manipulation and in that I include the impact of the debt central bank digital currency, those are major issues. I have worked my whole life as hard as I can to contribute whether it's to my family or whatever I mean, I'm not a big like community <laughs> doer but just what this our conversations and your conversations back to me like we're serving a purpose here and I don't rest on my laurels a lot but I do hope that I have a retirement that's enjoyable and that I can be healthy and um have enough resources so that, my grandkids can play on, you know, whatever, my farm, my little hilltop in Austin or wherever I end up. And that that they are healthy, that I actually have grandkids, that this gene jab isn't a problem for that. And I'm not sure if this kind of comes under this, but I'm not sure if it's a health issue or standard of living issue, but I worry that we're not going to have air conditioning. Although JJ from the UK tells me that it's bad for you, but I really love it. I'm afraid that we'll have power problems all the time. I I came out the first time I lived in California, there were no mosquitoes. Now there are tons of mosquitoes, and I know the government's released them. They say they did it for our own good, but I don't have trust in them, and I'm afraid of things like that. I see the chemtrails all the time. Like, that freaks me out. It's, it's getting more humid, I think, because of that. Storms seem to be getting more violent, and I know that they can influence these things. It's our pathocracy at work. And that scares me. And I I worry, this is like kind of another category, I worry about health sabotage. I worry about the gene stuff. I worry about the chemtrails. I worry about fake food. And I mean, I just saw an article today, like we want to get rid of, you know, the funguses and all this stuff, the yeasts and stuff that are in the air. They're dangerous. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I just had a great conversation with Greener Postures and they are teaching me how to make stuff out of the yeast in the air. Like I make iced tea that like explodes because of the yeast in the air. I love it. It's great for you. It's a health thing. Kombucha, I love it all. It's so good for you. And really good doctors will tell you that. So it makes me very worried that they want us to eat dead food or food that was never even alive in the first place, barely. So I worry about those specifics. But basically, I want to do well I really like to get the rewards of my efforts, even if it's, you know, my husband's the one who makes the money and I kind of try to save the world. (laughs) That's what I tell him anyway. No, no, honey, I'm doing my part. I'm pulling my weight around here. Uh, No, but seriously, I want to be able to enjoy the fruits of his labor and do good. He can enjoy the fruits of my labor and I want my kids and grandkids to have that opportunity to work towards something good, to do hard work and have it have value and have them get some of the returns and maybe put some of the, you know, give a penny, take a penny kind of thing. And actually, it's it's not really super political for me because I have ideology. I have, I'm very strict about don't steal and don't kill I'm trying to open my mind to the concept that my libertarian values may be fundamentally impractical, not only because this is not the time, but maybe human beings are a social animal and that I have to try to think about it that way. But I'm such an individualist, it's very hard for me to do that. So I'm working on that. But regardless of my ideology and my position on that kind of thing, I do believe that, given today's technology, which I'm not a huge fan of most of the time, um, for so you know, as an influence on our society and on our future. But given the technology that we have, the resources that we have, the human resources, the commodity resources, given the population of the world, like it's not too much. The world is not overloaded. Any, any, any government. It's like the religions, like the big governmental systems, democracy, or even monarchy, and the religions. like they, they have these basic tenets about don't steal and don't kill or whatever. Any good faith ideology, given the capacity of the technology and the resources and the people and the constraints put upon them, really anything executed in good faith could probably deliver what I want which is I want to be able to work hard, have some comfort, and stick to my values. That's what I want. And I, th- I feel like maybe you need a homogeneous society, a lot of you know, 10,000 Liechtensteins to have that, to have what you want. But I think that that is realistic. So let's get back to the whole election thing. Does any candidate address these issues with any kind of complexity? And I don't, I don't think so. Um, but, but what if he or she were to? What could I expect someone to actually do? I would, I guess, I would say a few things. Subsidiarity. So I'm, I'm a little open to, you know, having some legal constraints outside of simply don't steal or kill. If you have a small homogeneous society and. Those rules are implemented at the lowest possible level that you did, that y- you like gun control. They're like, well, everybody has to have no guns because people can take guns from place to place. It's like, okay, that's they live on that, but you don't really need that, especially if you had border control. You just say, well, we'll just frisk you on the way in. Like, I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just saying you need subsidiarity in your locality so that the, Laws are as much in your control or to your liking, consistent with your society as possible. I think I was inspired by my conversation with Buck yesterday, or at least able to articulate this a little bit better. I think we need freedom of association and freedom from association. And I think that's where surveillance and censorship and stuff come in and how you can't even think certain things or say certain things if you were to say, yeah, I don't I only want Catholics to join my club. Or I only want Muslims to join my club. you you run into legal constraints that way. But if you allowed that kind of thing, you could have whatever rules you want locally and not have to chafe other people. And that would satisfy, I guess, my libertarian instincts because I'd move to a different Liechtenstein if I didn't like it. There would be one Liechtenstein that was perfect for me. but really, a a, a more an easier thing to understand a more, universal idea, I would say, would be to restore the Constitution, restore the Bill of Rights. I would say you would have to end the income tax. You would would have to end the welfare state at the federal level. Like You'd have to just go back and read the Constitution and start pulling away anything that is federally controlled, that really belongs under the purview of the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. So I think you could get people on board with that. But Let's say you did, and some of these politicians identified it, actually worked to accomplish them. How much could they accomplish? I feel like Ron Paul was on that path, and the powers that be stopped him, and kind of swapped him out for Trump, who is not on that path, and never was on that path. So, yes, I do feel like we have a little bit of a hiccup, (laughs) a little stall. A stall in liberty, but I also think it's natural. I think liberty is natural, so I don't. I don't. I think the powers that be really want to change us fundamentally, but they won't. Um, and maybe this is my takeaway for today. I have a couple of things actually. I somebody sent me an email, like a generic email, like this chick does studies on uh, what people really think in private polls versus what they say publicly. And millennials apparently are vastly different what they will admit publicly to what they really believe now that they're having kids and the kids are in school and they're really caring about education and the critical race theory stuff and the gender stuff. And just a lot of things are hitting home for them that they're afraid to admit. And I I always said that, like when your kids start paying taxes and having kids, they're gonna remember some of the things you told them back in the day. And I just, that's very hopeful to me that although the powers that be, this propaganda and stuff really wants to change the very nature of the human being, unless those gene jabs are doing it, I don't think, I don't think they're, they're really succeeding. I think that human beings are human beings. And, but on a more practical, like, here, everyday thing, what am I going to do? Right? I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote on local issues. I'm going to vote against Prop 1. And I also vote for people because of quirky personal things. Like when the DA was endorsed by Gavin Newsom, I was like, oh, I'm voting against him. <laughs> Just because, I mean, even if I didn't vote for anybody else, I'm voting against that guy because he has to be bad. And boy, is he bad, Gascoigne. He's really, really bad. And I had a beef with the other, with the incumbent, but I still voted for her. Uh, and this time I'm voting for, there's a guy my husband and i saw him my husband my son and i saw him speak and uh he was i, don't, I forget what he was but he was he was addressing the commencement and you really could hardly understand him because he had a really strong chinese accent and we were actually thinking like probably more people in the audience that i was in would have understood him if he actually gave a speech in chinese but we understood what his last words were he said god bless you and I don't know if you've ever lived in LA, but I mean, I if I, I'm assuming nobody understood what he said because I would have expected gasps <laughs> in the audience. And so my son was like, "Wow, based," you know. At any time, I hear anybody make any reference at all, anyone just say the word "God" or "God bless you," or even say anything, even remotely based. Who's a politician around here? We call him Changpiled. So, Joe Chang is on the ballot, and I'm going to vote for him. I don't really know anything about him, but I feel like this guy has some courage. He probably has some values. And there is no chance the other guy is going to uh, be—that he's going to be worse than the other guy. And I just think that's kind of funny. Now, I don't want to be criticized. It's like the—you know, it sounds kind of like the way my mother picks horses. (laughs) She picks horses by their names, So forget it. If there's ever, like, Miss Monica or whatever, she'll put a whole $2 on that. And I don't want to sound like I do that. I do pay attention a little bit, but uh, I try not to vote for things I don't... I really have absolutely no clue because they don't even have R and D next to their names out here. You have to guess. (laughs) Because no R could ever really win. It's really funny. So, I mean, if somebody's running for something minor like this guy you know, I'm going to vote for him. Even if someone says we don't want the 5G towers, even if I know that they're going to have to capitulate or the SEC is just going to start building them anyway, I'll still vote for the guy who says he doesn't want them. And, and that's it. I mean, I'm finding my way along because I was really, you know, such an anarcho capitalist that I, I wouldn't even pay attention. But I feel like it's just so far gone now that I mean, if we can we can save our own little towns, I think that would be helpful. But the problem is I have no roots here. I really don't have any roots here. And it's and I, I just feel like that's another like a plot to get our kids to go to college. So you find some place going to put down my roots and uh, hopefully have, you know, little grandkids playing on that ranch with a view. It's not going to be a working ranch. It's probably just going to be a fake Brooklynites ranch. But anyway. Uh, but I still have hope for that because I think a lot of people have that idea in mind and it is just, they are not really extinguishing these fires that burn for freedom and integrity and, you know, that, that pull about the millennials having, you know, returning to some, probably their childhood values gave me a lot of hope. So hopefully you have hope too. (laughs) We'll continue talking about this stuff. Um, as it comes up and becomes interesting or important, I am Monica Perez. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media or with someone you think would also enjoy it. And of course, always feel free to tweet at me at Monica Perez show and send me your community creations to Monica Perez show at gmail.com and check out what others look like on Monica's deep under the read tab, the newsletter, look at some of the other ones. It's really fun and cute. You might like it just, uh, even if you don't have anything to contribute. So, okay. Until next time.